Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. This is Family Worship Weekend, and we love to get the kids involved. But a few weeks ago, Pastor Rufus asked us uh, two or three simple questions of how do we lead uh, spiritually and add scripture into our household and our family? And after a few more discussions, he said, hey, maybe we need a weekend in which the congregation gets to kind of peek inside your homes and see how you do this. Now, don't peek too hard because you're not gonna like what you see with the dirty clothes and the piled up dishes and stuff like that. So don't think that we're coming out here saying you need to do this. What we're trying to say is, hey, we are learning this together and uh, peek inside on how we've seen some fruit in that and you'll see how that unpacks um, as well. Now, before you leave though, if you're going, hey, I'm not a parent, I don't have kids, let me, hold, let me push pause, don't go running out because this, this message or this, this conversation can still be for you because the reality is, as parents, we're just really trying to point people to God. So whether it's kids or the people we work with, we're trying to put God first in those things, okay? And so the other thing, let me remind you, last week, if you're a congregation member here, if, you're, if you come to Hope, and this is your Hope Faith family, uh, last week we did baptisms. And several of you guys uh, made a commitment to um, raise these kids up in the faith, right, along with the parents. And so as a faith family, whether you have kids or not, um, you are still a part of an influencing people that helps raise this next generation. And lastly, of course, you are all children of God. And so we are all pointing our attention to the good father in heaven in that way as well. We do wanna recognize that in a room this size, there are people who would love to be parents right now, and God has not allowed that to happen to this point. Uh, we, wanna know, we want you to know, we know it's painful. Um, and I want you to hear me say very clearly, your value is not determined by the children that you have, or Man. if you have children. Okay, you are precious and you are important to this church body and we cannot be what God has called us to be without you with us, Amen. okay? And so hear me say, although we are talking specifically about parenting, we're not talking exclusively about parenting, <laughs> okay? Uh, good parenting, ideally, is good discipleship and so it's really applicable for every believer. Well, in no way are we trying to say that we're the perfect example of parenting. We are a warning. <laughs> Get that warning sticker right here. So don't play, don't play big brother in our house. <laughs> no, but we, we're hoping that you won't tune us out either. Uh, we were just trying to, to give people ways to see that we're pointing everyone to Christ. Amen? Amen. Uh, the only perfect standard for parenting is God the Father. The only gracious parent totally is God the Father. Amen? Amen. And so like I said, we were, we're gonna try to kind of stay in that vein, regardless if you have kids or not. This will be fruitful for you. But since we are in this series of prayer, think about how you pray for your kids or pray for people around you in this vein. Kelly mentioned to us the P-R-A-Y. We're gonna kind of go through the same uh, acronym. And we're gonna start with this very first one. And it sounds weird, um, but let me unpack it. P, people. We have a tendency to forget that our children are people too. Right? We might be CEOs or bosses of some business that we work in, and we try to run our house like that, like we have employees helping us clean the house or whatever. Or because they, uh, they have our DNA, they're gifted to us, they're almost like our property, and it's a weird way of saying that. But we need to remember that as our children grow up, God has made them a unique people, and we have the opportunity to see them as people, and we need to really learn how to build a relationship with each of our kids 
as they are people of God also. Yeah. God has designed each kid in a particular way. Um, I've often said that one of the great gifts God gave our family was that our oldest daughter from the delivery room, we could tell God made this one a little bit different. Uh, She is our happiest kid. She literally didn't cry when she was born, scared the bejeebers out of us. She's just always been that happy. Uh, She has the best laugh on the planet. We would later uh, learn that Uh, the distinct way God designed her is called autism. Uh, And she is just such a gift to us. And learning her has been so much fun for us. Um, But it also helped us just remember, we're not trying to raise successful looking people. Mm -hmm. We're trying to raise these people to become the adults that God has called them to be. And that means learning each kid in particular and what makes this person particularly glorious in the kingdom of God. They don't exist for our glory, they exist for his glory. And every kid is capable of that, and every kid does that in a particular way that's really fun to discover um, through the parenting. You know what's fascinating is, as you're gonna hear our stories, uh, each of us come from a different perspective, right? Different households. There is no cookie cutter family or cookie cutter child. Right, and so we, when we parent, we have to learn that each of our kids not only are uniquely individual, but they have unique gifts as parents that we have the opportunity to spot before our kids do, right? And we get to harness that. I share this example that our kids come out like sailboats with their unique sail, sails and in boat and however they're designed, and we as parents get the opportunity to harness the wind of God with their sails so that they follow where God is leading them and the gifts that they've given them. My, my son, uh, he's athletic, he's competitive. Uh, early on, he would cry when he lost at a board game. I'm like, no, we can work through this. You know, He's just got that fire in him. Now my daughter, she's got a different kind of fire. It's a strong fire inside her. But we got to see uniquely how they listen, how they work around the world, and then engage them in that way. So we put them in environments in which they get to shine. For instance, my daughter, she's our creative one. She's the one that's putting permanent art on our walls and on our carpets and, and on our couches. So trying it's, to make it look good. Yeah, it's an eclectic home with her in the house. But we are finding places to say, this is who you are. So let's see how God wants to use you in those gifts, and we have that opportunity to share that with them as we raise them as well. Yeah, all of our kids have this unique design or bend, and in that they have their own voice as well. Mm-hmm. And when they get older, they sure gonna share it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, so my, 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 my daughter will definitely give me some feedback, but I welcome it. Uh, since she's been in, she's in high school now, but since middle school, mm-hmm. I would ask her about sermon points because I want to hear her feedback uh, because I felt like she had something that she could offer, even with tran- translations that I would use for preaching or teaching points. And she would tell me like, Mm-mm, don't say that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or that spot on one, one time, I guess a week ago, she said that has the it factor. So I said, I'm cool today, you know. So, uh, so his daughter's the secret behind all the sermons, guys. That's it. Y'all, y'all found it here that's first. That's it. I write none of them, you know. <laughs> I said, take care of this. But, you know, we try to find times in our, in our daily routine, just try to find these uh, in-the-flow moments, right? So for us, it's in the car on school. And I was asking about kind of like, what did she like? What didn't she like? She was talking about different devotionals she did with her mom. She told me how she loved VeggieTales when she was young. Um, and I, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, I, I slick try to let her hear kind of my devotional studies with my guys, my men's D group, and have her read the scriptures or pieces of the book back to me. And then I just told her, I said, listen, I'm really trying to get this stuff in you. So she already knows that now. But it's, it's in that rhythm that we have, you know? And you don't have to be bound to somebody else's rhythm of life. Find the rhythm that works for your family. Every family has a unique 
Rhythm. That's the R. Rhythm. Yeah. So uh, we have kids ranging from eight to 17. And in that time, there have been different phases in parenting when our rhythm has changed immensely. Um, when they were younger, uh, bedtime was huge. It's still kind of, it's still huge with Lee. Um, highly recommend the Big Picture Story Bible. We love that thing. We've gone through it a thousand times. Uh, honestly, it's helpful even for us to kind of see how all the pieces fit together uh, in the story of the Bible. Uh, but obviously, our teenagers no longer want to do story time with mommy and daddy. Uh, and so for that, uh, for our family, the best time is dinner time. Yeah. It's when we're all together and we're processing our days together and we're trying to figure out how do we understand our life in a Christian way? How do we process the things that have gone on in our day uh, and explaining the whys behind why we make certain choices and why we don't make other choices it's just a part of our normal routine. Now, I'm gonna tell you the truth. We have not figured that out for this season right now. Yeah, like, yeah. we are trying. But figuring out what are our home nights, when are our busy nights, what happens when something gets thrown in there, we're still trying to figure out that rhythm. Yeah. Um, but we believe that's something worth pursuing yeah. and doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now that you've confessed that, we'll confess this. My wife and I also joke, this is a hard topic, the rhythm part for us. Oh. Because uh, you guys are probably even watching to some degree at home or here and thinking, oh, well, they're pastors. They're going to be super Christianese in their home. Uh, it's not the case, guys. Uh, we're Christians just like you guys pursuing this thing, trying to figure it out. I was not raised in a Christian home, so we don't sing Kumbaya every night or those kind of things like that. We're just trying to figure out life. We got piles of clothes everywhere, dirty dishes. We don't invite people over because they're going to think we live in a mess. No, we just have infant through eight-year-old being a tornado in there. And we're trying to figure out the season, right? So for me, what I try to do is go, I was raised in a home where God was not normal. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make an environment in my home where God was a part of every conversation in some form or fashion. Not forced, but just that they see that there's an authentic faith going on. What, what helped me kind of see this is uh, our, our scripture, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. And it says, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates. You see the context here, Moses has just given the 10 commandments to Israel, right, in the wilderness. And so they're saying share this in everything that you do. So then I just took that approach. Right, we didn't have like a set time. We do do dinner times, and so at dinner times we try to give our kids a voice, yeah. right? So we say the typical, hey, thank you Jesus for our food, but I wanna make sure each kid has the opportunity to pray to God for something that's on their heart, maybe a person or an event. So we go around the table, who do you wanna pray for and why? And then pack that so they have that voice in their routine of life. But we also, in the car, uh, when wherever we, whatever our routine is, we just like, how is God a part of our normal conversation? Uh, we were watching baptisms coming back from spring break one year, and my son goes, hey, Dad, what's baptism? My wife just looked at me. She put pause, and we had an hour conversation on what baptism was. I didn't plan it. Hey, we're gonna have this conversation. As the questions came, I leaned in and said, you know what? This is who we are and why we do what we do. Uh, another thing is my wife and I, we chose scripture to read to our kids at the end of the night. We, have, we kinda got in a habit because we're a little chaotic right now, but after, at bedtime when we read books, we end with their scripture. My son is Proverbs 3, uh, three through five. My daughter is Zephaniah uh, 3, 17. We're still figuring out the one for my youngest one. We're waiting to see how that, <laughs> his personality kinda comes up. But my point is, 
We wanted God to be normalized in our home. We didn't want it to be foreign. We wanted to see an authentic, real relationship on a regular basis. I'll end with this. When I, when I send my son to school, I tell him these things. I said, hey son, have a good day. I love you. Make good choices. Be used by God. Mm. I want him to know that God is always using them whether he realizes it or not because mm-hmm. God is always a part of every detail of our life in our rhythm. So, you know, the thing here, though, is <laughs> we can talk about all the good things that we do, but the reality is we, we need a whole sermon series, maybe a, maybe a year of all the things that we do wrong, like the warning, the caution signs. Hey, don't do this. I'm jacked up. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So you're going to handle, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we are all realizing that a lot of what we do <clears throat> is uh, built out of our imperfections. So that leads us to our next letter, A. We need to be aware, mm. right? We need to be aware of our own imperfections as we parent. Right, we can discuss all day long of the good things, we can social media all the good things that we do, but a lot of what we're doing is we're learning, trial and error, right? You know, trying to figure this thing out. God, you're bearing fruit over here, let me lean in that one. This is what my child's doing here, let me lean in that one, let me get wise counsel here. So much of my parenting is trying to figure out where fruit is coming from and going in that direction. And so for my awareness, if I can just be honest with you guys, is when I get upset, when I'm trying to parent, I get loud. Or in the South, we like to say hollering. You hollering, dad's getting loud. So I start warning my kids now before I start filling that boil up because I realized what I'm actually learning as I'm parenting is the difference between when I'm overwhelmed versus when they're overwhelmed, right? Because the reality is when we're overwhelmed and we're just yelling, nobody's learning anything. My wife and I just say we're flooded. So we have to take the time to kind of step back and in the calm, revisit it and go, hey, uh, I didn't handle this well. I need Jesus just as much as you do. Um, but also, uh, this is what we were trying to teach in this moment. And then see if we can both learn in those aspects. And you know, like you said, we grew up in different homes. Uh, Hannah's household, Reverend Hannah's Christian household, Reverend Chad, non-Christian household, mine, non-Christian. Then I got to see them get saved. Mm-hmm. And the salvation they first took on was that performance-based Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know it in the South well. So one thing I say, I'm not trying to raise a good kid. I want to raise a godly kid. So I'm not trying to raise Renee to be some performance-based kid that looks good on the outside and is jacked up on the inside. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, when she was six or seven years old, one thing she said to me that sticks to me and echoes to this day, she was walking up the steps. She said, "Um, Dad, why are you so angry? And man, it still echoes to this day. It's because my tone came across so harsh. And I may have been angry. I don't know. Um, But not often, not all the time am I angry when my tone is like that. But I did grow up in a household with an angry parent or parents. My dad, was I called him a happy drunk. So he was angry all the time until he was drunk. Mm. Then I got got to see him get saved. And that was a radical thing that happened. And so I've got to be able to have grace towards my parents. And I'm trying to have grace towards my kids. Matter of fact, there's a book that I've read called Grace-Based Parenting by Tim Kimmel. And one of the quotes he has in there is, discipline should be tailored to fit your kid. Very simple yet profound quote because not each one of our children is made the same. And I'm so glad that God doesn't discipline us all the same. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Uh, Ephesians 6, 4 says this, fathers don't stir up. You may know the King James. Fathers don't provoke your kids to wrath. Uh, But it can also be translated, if you look at the original language, don't irritate, don't agitate your kids. And some of us agitate our kids. (laughs) And we don't need to do that because it can provoke them to being angry. And I'm still learning today. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I learned that as do not exasperate your children. Come on. And I like to yell that at Edwin when he's like getting the kids <laughs> riled up, chasing them around the house. I'm like, you're exasperating the children. <laughs> really, I'm the one who's exasperated in that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so being aware of our yeah, weaknesses, yeah. which is such a hard thing to yeah. do yeah. if you're in solitude. <laughs> Community mm. is where we see where are we struggling mm. and, and where are our difficulties. And so it's really important that we're in relationship with other people uh, as well as with our, within yeah. our own home. Yeah. And that brings us to our last letter here, which is you. <laughs> you are the most important influence on your children's spirituality. And the question is, what is influencing you? Is it God or is it something else? Confession time, tell us. <laughs> yeah, so my favorite uh, verse for this in parenting, really I've kind of adopted it in the last year, uh, is 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell if I'm justifying sin or if maybe there really is something that's okay with that. Or you know what I mean? Like those things that you justify and you're like, I think this is a sin, but I'm gonna come up with excuses for it. Mm. <laughs> it's real hard to do that when you ask yourself, if my kid did this, would I be happy about it? Mm, would that make them more Christ-like if they were doing this? Um, so my, what I'm striving to do imperfectly, not batting a thousand, not batting 300, but striving to live my life in such a way where if my kids do what I do, they'll be more Christ-like because of it. Mm -hmm. um, that's a day-to-day -day thing, y'all. There are good days and there are bad days with it. But the good news for me as a parent is that I'm a Christ imitator. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be a Christ replacement. Oof. We still have a perfect Jesus who never got it wrong. Yeah. And I don't have to be Jesus. Yeah. I get to imitate Christ without having to become Christ, which is good, because there's a big difference between me and Jesus. He's perfect, <laughs> I ain't, like not even close, right? And so my kids need actual Jesus and not some replacement pitiful mommy Jesus. And one of the things my parents um, really demonstrated for us was repentance. Yeah. Uh, when they messed up, they called it sin, they asked for forgiveness and asked for restoration in the relationship. And that's something that I'm trying very hard to pass on to my children as well. Yeah. Hope that they see that. Yeah, that's one of those aspects of our faith that we don't always uh, show consistently with our kids, right? Repentance, that's hard. Mm. Submission kind of takes some time. We want our kids to see that we have everything together. But the reality, they may be learning when we lean on God when we don't have everything together, yeah. right? To see how they have to lean on God in those times as well. You know, there's a, a, a book that was about parenting that I read that the quote always sticks with me. And oftentimes we, we're asking ourselves, where do we parent or why do we parent this way? And they said, oftentimes parents are parenting to fix their childhood in their own child, right? That they're trying to protect their own child from what they went through as a child. But that's not their story. And so that ends up influencing how we parent our families because we don't want them to have what we had or we want them to have something better than what we had, and so we're trying to protect them and lead them that way, when the reality is we need to challenge ourselves and go, okay, God, I can learn from that, but I wanna make sure that I'm getting my parenting information from you, mm -hmm. right? How you've loved me, how you've been gracious with me, right? So for instance, when I'm teaching my kids, um, 
and caring for them and parenting, when I send them to the room, like I'm not saying, hey, get away from me, I'm tired of you. When they come back, I say, you know I never want to be away from you for forever. So I'm then talking about the gospel here. God doesn't desire to be away from us forever. I want them to see God in the redemption of when we are being disciplined. Or when I tell them, hey, do you care for your friend? Do you share with your friend? We don't just share because it's the nice thing to do. We share because we believe they were made in the image of God. Right? And so in everything that we do, I'm parenting because God has given me his directions on how we care for one another. And so it's really hard for us to sometimes step out of our own story of brokenness and then try to parent actually through the way that God is trying to lead us to parent and care for them as well. Now this might come out messy the way I say it, but uh, sometimes we parent from our, from our wounds, mm-hmm. uh, from when we were kids. And be honest, some of us as adults might need to go uh, repent to our parent if they're alive, and some of us as parents may need to repent to our kid who may be adults. Mm-hmm. But let the Lord lead you in that area. Uh, I grew up with baby boomers, parents, and one of the things they used to say was, what goes on in this house stays in this house. That was one of the most unhealthy things I could hear. Uh, and me and my daughter, we've gone to counseling, gone to family counseling. I promote it. I am not embarrassed by it. I believe in therapy and theology. Amen, somebody. Amen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and, and here at Hope, we have care. We have a care ministry. We have counseling. We have real counselors, y'all, yeah. and people that can help because we cannot parent alone. Yeah, I mean, to piggyback off of that, guys, for those of you guys who are sitting here and have been gracious enough to sit here and go, I don't have kids, I hope you're getting something from this, but if nothing else, recognize that when we open our homes up to you guys, y'all become imitators of Christ also, right? Y'all become influencers of Christ when our kids walk through the hallways. And I said this last hour, I wanna emphasize this, thank you for loving our kids. Thank you so much for being there for them because this job is not hard as we care for you guys and y'all pray for us. I mean, it is hard, we excuse tie. me, yeah. We, and, and, and we thank you for loving our kids as if they're your own yeah. and influencing them in Christ yeah. as we go in that direction too. So when we don't just keep it in the house and we open it up, we thank you for your prayer, prayers yeah. and how you care for them That's as well. Yes, absolutely. So just to recap, let's go over our four letters. P is for? People. People. Yeah, kids are people. A, or R is for? Rhythm. Rhythm, find your rhythm as a family. A is for? Aware. Aware, being aware of our own imperfections. And Y is for? You. You. Making sure your relationship with Jesus is one that your kids want to pick up on. Amen. Yeah. So uh, one closing remark that I really want you to hear me say. Our goal is to be faithful for the years that we have our kids. Perfection is not gonna happen, and you cannot determine the degree of faithfulness by the result, okay? What I mean by that is this, kids are people, that means they have to respond to the gospel we're trying to instill in them. We get them for a short time, we're all foster parents, and they belong to God, and one of the most important things we can do as parents is to entrust them to a God who loves them better than we ever could. And so if you have children that you did your best and they aren't following Jesus the way you thought they were, keep praying. Keep praying. One of my favorite stories is that John Newton, who was a slave trader, said that he got saved by the prayers of his mother. And what's amazing about that is he didn't become a believer until 14 years after she died but he still knew it was her prayers that moved his soul to repentance, and that's why he wrote Amazing Grace. 
Uh, and I just love that story. So let's all pray, take a moment to practice that prayer uh, as we go forward. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be your children. And we are so grateful for this body of Christ that you have given us to be a part of. We pray that you will help us to be faithful, whether that's as parents, as Sunday school teachers, as friends, as colleagues. Help us to be faithful to the life that you have called us to live. God, we know that you are glorified by imperfect people who love you. And so we pray, Father, in our imperfection, that we will continue to receive your love as your children, and that we will continue to strive to live in such a way where the world can see that you are God, you are good, and you are for us. We pray these things in the great name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openeisen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.